ultimately I find that that, if you, you know, you put your team kind of first, then the work will just speak for itself. It will just be so much better because people are having a nice time at work. Hello, I'm Bunham and welcome to Crew Chats Podcast, where I speak to the people that work behind the scenes in film, TV and theatre. For this episode, I chatted to Jonathan Berniston, who after working in the film, TV and theatre industry as a costume cutter, maker and freelance designer, is now embarking on the exciting new venture of creating the Manchester School of Costume, where he'll be teaching a range of costume making courses. We spoke about why he set up the school, how it's progressing, what he thinks we can improve in the costume department and much more. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Poonam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. I'm sat in Manchester. It's currently raining outside. I'm regretting moving to the north. I'm not, I'm joking. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Big regret, that is. <laughs> Big regret. It just rains constantly, uh, but I love it. It's amazing. Oh. Um, now, before we get into how we know each other, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so I am a costume maker, cutter, um, freelance designer, and now a teacher as well. I studied at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama 10 years ago, um, which has flown by on the costume making course. And I was very quickly whipped up into the industry, um, working on big TV and film jobs with Claire Sprague, who we both know, on things like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, uh, The Nutcracker, and then went on to uh, films like Cruella, Star Wars, and much more, and started as a trainee in the embellishment department and slowly worked my way up from trainee to junior maker, um, maker, senior maker, cutter, or junior cutter and cutter. And along alongside that, I've always made freelance. I've always made projects for myself to con- continue furthering skills. Because as you enter the industry um, as a trainee, you don't necessarily get all the opportunities to cut and different types of making. So I've always tried to keep on top of that. As I've as I've grown within the industry, I've worked al- alongside TV and film in uh, live events like MTV Ooh. and uh, theatre. Um, so I've just finished. Um, cabaret for Broadway at the Kit Kat Club. Oh, and the next big venture is the school, which starts in March. So that's kind of me in a nutshell of what I've done in the last ten years. I mean, we know each other from the, some of the films that you've mentioned there that we've worked on together. Um, now, you mentioned the teaching aspect of the things that come under the, the umbrella of what you're doing at the moment, and that is because you've set up this Manchester School of Costume. So. Yes. I want to know why you set it up, what's it been like, and what it is that you're trying to do with this school. So I'll go with the first question. Why have you set it up and what is it? So I set up the school um, because I felt like I needed a change from the pace of TV and film. I wanted to kind of set something up that was kind of my own. Um, So alongside the school, I will still be continuing to work as a freelance maker for TV, film, theatre. But I felt like it was a good opportunity to start sharing skills. I feel like I've learned quite a lot in the 10 years that I've worked in the industry and wanted to start passing on those skills. And the industry is growing so quickly. And there is uh, some amazing schools out there already, you know, like Central, Wimbledon, LCF. But I think there's, I'm speaking to lots of fellow makers, there is a kind of consensus that there is not enough training courses out there. Um, 
and not everyone necessarily wants to go to university so the course that the courses that i've designed are purely practical 100 practical not expected people to do essays or anything like that and they're really flexible as well because i know the two students that i have for example are already in work um whether they're in industry or another field so they can't necessarily just give up those jobs to retrain so I'm offering a range of different courses. And one of those courses is a part-time flexible course, which is flexible in in what you learn and, and flexible in time. So it's off, it's trying to give people access that might not necessarily have the opportunity to just go and dedicate themselves to three years at university. Also, it's really expensive to go to university. Um, even if you get your student loan and all of that, you still spend an awful lot of money. So I'm trying to offer a different alternative um to the traditional ways of studying costume making and why did you choose now to set it up it kind of happened all organically i had been thinking about it for uh, over the last year on my last job i thought this could be a good opportunity to to do it and a bunch of work fell through and and at the moment there is we are coming out of some strikes and mm. uh, that have meant that a lot of people have not worked for a long time um and obviously the year few years before that we've had covid so the industry has been very unsettled for about four or five years now and for me personally i think i need something a little bit more stable something more stable and this felt a good way personally for me to kind of have that stability have continuous work because i now have you know i have a spring course and an autumn course so i know that things will come around mm. and in November, I had a load of work lined up, all freelance work, and that all fell through. So I just, I needed something to do. And I just started developing the course. I think I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set up some courses, a sh- bunch of short courses and some bigger courses. And just really enjoyed it. I was just putting a, a prospectus together for the 12-week costume making course, um, designing three big modules throughout that course. Um, and just really kind of really got stuck in and went, I am actually really enjoying this. And I, I think I'm going to fully commit to it because I think initially it kind of felt like a bit of a stopgap. But as I've kind of dived into it, as I've been working freelance over the last, well, since September, I'm really enjoying setting up my own workroom, setting up my own space. Um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to maybe I always love working in workrooms on film. Um, but it's nice to maybe have something of your own, mm. you know, and put put my kind stamp of life, yeah, put my stamp on it, put my life and soul into it, kind of thing, and and develop something. I've always had an like this drive to maybe build something, and I've never really quite known what that is. Um, and I'm a maker as well. I enjoy making things. So this is just on a slightly bigger scale, you know, and putting things together. Just I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed like bringing everything together, like getting equipment together, getting a small team together in Manchester, because I don't know that many people in Manchester. So it's nice being able to interview people, hire people, bring them in. So I'm, I'm building this nice little community of people in Manchester because I don't have my I don't have my direct access to everyone in London still. And what what courses have you curated put together? So I've got at the moment five courses. Um, so there is a twelve week costume making course, and that is a full time course for twelve weeks. And that course will take you through 
uh, you need to kind of know how to sew to come onto this course. You don't need to know how to do everything, but I think need, having some basic sewing skills, maybe you've made a shirt once or a, a couple of little bits and bobs. But that course will take you from start to finish um, making three big projects. So we start with a little black dress um, replicating Audrey Hepburn's dress from bre breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. We then move on to a tailoring project. So we make a, a jacket and a pair of trousers. And then we move on to a period women's dress, the sackback dress, where you make all the underpinnings, the dress itself, and then embellish the dress as well. Wow. So it's a really intense 12 weeks. Um, so it's it's designed, I've designed it so that you can get as much information and learn as much as possible. So for example, the three different projects will deal with pattern drafting in a very different way. So the first, the first one will deal with just drafting a pattern, drafting a block, drafting the pattern from the block. Then the tailoring project, we will use pre-existing patterns and adapt them. And then the third project, uh, because it's a period garment, we will scale up a pattern from a period drafting book. So there's three different methods because you've got to find your own way of how you draft patterns. Because I'm a very visual person and 3D, so I like to do things on the stand, but I can also use it use a flat pattern and then transfer it onto the stand. So I like to use a combination of different things. Mm -hmm. And as, as I do more and more, I adapt to that and learn and add to it. So I think it's giving the students opportunities to have a really broad experience on, on all of the different elements that they're going to learn so that they can decide what's best for them. Um, then course number two is the part-time version of which I spoke about before, part-time version of the 12-week costume making course. And that's essentially the same thing, but it's a little bit more condensed. So that's only two days a week for up to 12 weeks. You can also do a short version of that course. So there's a four-week version and an eight-week version, depending on your availability, what you want to spend, what you want to learn. And that course is really designed for people that do know how to sew, but want to add to their skills. And then at, at the moment, I have three short short courses, so just two-day courses, and that is in corset making, pattern adaption, and pattern draping. And they vary from intermediate, beginner levels, um, and they're just nice little short courses. And I'm getting a lot of traction on those, which is really good. Ah, it comes across that you put a lot of effort and energy and your own sort of passion into creating these courses. Mm. And you are the one teaching, yeah. teaching. How has it been putting together the courses it's good it's it's making me think about what i already know what i need to know um so for me this is opportunities of of continuing to learn as well but also looking back over looking back over my work and going okay there's a lot of stuff here that i have done that's potential avenues for teaching and passing on and we're, we're on a tv and film job everyone's making different things so you're not all make you're not all making the same repeats of everything. So I've been able to manage people making different things, advising people differently. I was like, this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do. So I, I feel like I'm fairly proficient in that area. So that's going to be a similar thing because each student is going to be making slightly different things. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that aspect, but it's more what I'm finding, which I'm halfway through at the moment, just before we launch in on the 11th of March is all the handouts and samples, you know, because students students will really benefit from seeing like a step-by-step -step 
process. Mm. So I'm in the middle of making the step-by-step processes of a welt pocket or a jet pocket, you know, making all those samples. So that as making the syllabuses of the courses, everything kind of go flows. So like the next step is this. So it just keeps growing and growing and growing of going, this wasn't just putting a nice little advert together online saying, hey, <laughs> come and do this course. There is a lot to it of of making everything, all the course content, all the samples. So um, everything that I will be teaching, I, of course, will have a sample of so that the students can look at it, mm-hmm. study it and, and just to aid their studies. So there is a lot of work to be done uh, that will continue to be done. But once it's done, it's there. And it will aid me going forward in the future. Yeah. It, like you say, it's more than just putting, like having the idea. It's the execution of everything, all the samples yeah. and how you're going to sort of structure the course. So it's really cool that you're doing this, actually. I've got to say it's um, these kinds of things are usually, a, obviously, I mean, it's a business thing as well, but it's also yeah. a labor of love. And you have to be passionate yeah. about doing it to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and. You know, I think London for TV and film and for theatre is such an epicentre and the rest of the country has a lot of stuff. Uh, But Manchester, there is a couple of costume courses and it'd be nice to keep growing and adding to that. And as as our industry as well moves around the country and different studios pop up here, there and everywhere, we need to have fresh people in different parts of the country um, that have these skills. I agree. I I feel like there is a gap in the market and this is an opportunity to try and fill it in in Manchester. It, you you do say that you also when you're on jobs you I don't know if you you term it teaching but you kind of help. Well, yeah, for, yeah. For, 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 I'd, I'd say for like a trainee and for juniors, yeah, um, that don't know a lot. It kind of is, but it's more guiding, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, because you, you don't always have, yeah you don't always have the opportunity to go. Okay, I need I'm going to teach you how to do this process because we might be really busy. So you just have to say I need you to do these steps and then we'll move on to the next thing um, and sometimes you get the opportunity to, to explain a little bit more and 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 give the tra- uh, give someone an opportunity to go why don't you go make a sample first so that you've got it but you don't always get those opportunities so this is in that environment actually do you think and I've been speaking to people in the different departments about this is that do you think because of the nature the pace at which we often work on a film set and then depending on the schedule etc cetera, etc cetera, all the caveats in place there um do you think often that there isn't time necessarily to kind of as you'd want to sort of go through things step by step in that way or to to in a teaching kind of capacity yeah yeah no there's not always there's just not always the time mm. um i know i know some cutters that don't particularly like taking on trainees for example because they do work at such a high pace that it is just it's just really difficult um to spend that time passing on that knowledge fortunately for me it's we can have we we do have a lot of trainees coming through through with myself and my friend jeffrey and there is always sometimes an opportunity to do that um, it's just, it just depends on the nature of what's going on. If it's a busy period, we probably won't. And we need people to just crack on with certain things. But if you've got trainees in your in your workroom, there's going to be inevitably a point where you have to do some form of teaching or some form of guidance to get them to a point where you want. And I think that's a very important part of our industry is bringing in fresh people and actually getting them up to a standard which you feel is going to benefit the industry mm. kind of going off the back of the question you said that is that how, who has been your sort of 
teacher mentor throughout your working life you'd like to give a shout out to oh oh there's a bunch there's a bunch yeah, obviously more. my my teachers at school so my my teacher caroline townsend who still teaches at the royal central school of speech and drama um she frequently gets emails from me um and sometimes phone calls and has experienced me in my earlier career um crying on the phone <laughs> as as we all probably all, all have done moment. yeah yeah um so she continues to be someone that i i um, speak with work with um get advice from if she needs help i frequently and my friend jeff um who i'll talk about in a second frequently get trainees from from the course that i graduated from so we're constantly in in communication with each other and i, I really really appreciate caroline um and then industry wise um i th i feel like there's a, a bunch of consistent people that i absolutely want to give a shout out to first one manuela harding for getting me my first job and and con continuously being there for advice and support um andrew jocelyn who has just got such a wealth of knowledge and is kind and wonderful and i enjoy working with him so much um to claire Sprague for continuing to hire me um on different jobs and being you know trusting me within a team um like i've done some amazing jobs for with claire um and i'm always desperate to go and do another job with claire because it's always so much fun and then uh, a big shout out to the wizard that is uh jeff slack um i've worked with jeff on and off well yeah for for about eight years and He's so generous and so creative in his work. And I've learned a lot from working with him. Um, you know, I've gone from trainee to maker to junior cutter with with Jeffrey. And the man is fantastic. Um, he's got such a wealth of knowledge and creativity and he's generous, like I was saying. And he's very relaxed. He runs a very relaxed workroom. And I feel like I've taken that on board as well and want the workrooms or say the teaching space to be a fun and interesting environment and not a stressful silent um quite what's the word um I don't know I find I find I find I find workrooms like that slightly uncomfortable um, yes yeah so those would be my people that I would give an absolute shout out to and uh, there's many more um uh, but they are four people that are consistently that have been there consistently for the last 10 years um get that have got me going um so yeah absolutely that's lovely it's nice to give people their flowers yeah yeah off of the back of that question and you sort of alluded to it there when you said the sort of the relaxed work from environment it's one of the things you take away from the way the experience you've had with Jeff is yeah. what are the things that you would like to then be as a taken from them as you'd like to be as a mentor or a teacher whether that's on your course or then back at in the freelance working world yeah so I've worked with a lot of people um, on different jobs. So we go from job to job together. Um, and my really good friend, Beth, is um, one of the hardest workers I know. Um, she learns skills so fast and is very talented at what she does. But she can also have so much fun at work, but also stick to a deadline. And that's what I really like about working with the teams that I work work with and how I try and work as well. There's obviously your stressful points, um, but to just keep everything really light and, and fun, because we work in a really creative industry as well. So why wouldn't we enjoy it? Why wouldn't we want to have fun at work while we're creating amazing fun costumes? Um, and 
the teams that I've worked with so far, whether I've been leading the team or part of the team, to my knowledge, we've never missed a deadline. Um, we've never not produced what the designers wanted. You know, we've never compromised on anything, on anything quality wise, yet we've managed to have a really good time as well and we keep each other we keep each other going there are points where people are you know if you're working in a room that's got really bad lighting and people are going crazy you know we try and keep people keep people going so they're not going totally insane and have fun you know and we do, and it's a it is a like there's a lot to the job you know and if you mess it up it's not going to be great for you but it's not the most serious job in the world as well, you know, so it's about finding that balance. So that's what I'd want to do as a, as a mentor and a teacher is say, Hey, right. There is a lot to do in this job and you need to be able to produce work and you need to be able to produce work sometimes that is going to be, that needs to be top quality and you need to do it in say a day. So you need to be able to have those skills and you need to be able to work really hard, but you also need to not lose yourself within it. You need to, still maintain um a cheery disposition <laughs> let's say um <laughs> you know and it and it is hard it is hard so on 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 the last job you know there were definitely moments where i lost my cheery disposition and and had sharp words with people but you kind of move on apologize and and talk it out and then it's it's okay um I think it's it's about finding that balance and that's what I would want to reflect on my experiences of working in the industry. You know, I haven't, fortunately, I haven't worked in, in uncomfortable scenarios. I've worked with really pleasant people who want the best for their team. They want the best for them because ultimately I find that that, if you treat your team, you know, you put your team kind of first, then the work will just speak for itself it will just be so much better because people are having a nice time at work and they're they feel like they're being looked after and treated well and ultimately I think that's probably because I've worked worked with people like Andrew and Jeff and Manuela and Claire because their teams are so tight you know and everyone gets on and everyone understands each other that there's not these tenses you know there sometimes there are tensions but that's just like a natural thing and they come and they go there's not this consistent tension and you hear about people and other jobs and the tension is just there constantly yeah and it just doesn't sound like a healthy environment and that is something that i feel like as a wider conversation within costume that needs to be kind of addressed Yes, I think. I mean, I know you said you've had broadly good experience, but I'm pretty sure we both have been in situations where, well, I should yeah, never speak sure. to you, but where, where it, it is as tense is probably the right word to use, where it's a t- slightly tense environment. Um, yeah. And I do think there is, maybe not today, but there is probably a, a wider conversation to be had as to why that is. Broadly, I've had a great experience, I think, similar to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there is, a, I think, yeah, definitely a conversation that needs to be had about why we can as a department sometimes be quite tense yes yeah it can be and I think it's trying to diffuse that and and not letting things kind of slide and you witness things and see maybe some bullying for example and it's just I just don't it doesn't sit well with me no um you know and sometimes it needs to be called out yes why why do you think that behavior has been allowed to fester actually I don't really know. I think there's a combination of factors, isn't there? I think, I think we're not a costume as a whole. Say, like costume across TV, film, and theatre, for example, are so divided. And 
it's also because some some people view it maybe necessarily as something that can be undercut. Um, take dressing, for example, in the West End. A lot of actors are employed in a dressing position, you know, and so so it's it's kind of reframing it and going, well, but that's a costume position, you know, and because it might ne- it might be seen as something that anyone can do. Um, when actually, no, someone might have gone and studied and um, studied how backstage for costume department works, you know, and that's something that they really want to do. And then to just give it away to someone else who hasn't trained in that field um, kind of undermines it a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with still hiring an actor in that position, but it's that sense of unity and protecting costume jobs, you know, because it's and it's not it's something that is done in other departments. You know, so the the rigging and the lighting guys in TV and film, they get what they want um, mm. because they're all unionized, for example, and they all they've all got each other's backs. And anyone that tries to undercut anyone goes on a blacklist and anyone that takes the underpaying job is called out. You know, so, so there's this sense of unity, whereas costume can't even agree um, that back to, you know, the union is even useful for them. I said, well, you can't, it's not going to be useful. If you don't join. If you don't join, you know, there's only so much that they can do because it's at the end of the day, it's about money and employing people to fight for your fight for your position. And the lighting guys and the rigging guys, I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but that, but last year, their negotiating team secured them a 5% pay increase. You know, so it's look, it's like go and look at what these other departments get because they are unionized, because they are strong. Um, And I've had a few conversations with this with uh, with lots of different people. And I don't want to I don't want to speak on the behalf of of everyone, you know, but but some people say, um, you know, oh, it's because it's a woman's department. And so I would say, yes, part of that is true. But then you look at hair and makeup who are still predominantly women. They are unionized and they are paid better and they look after each other. And so that's that's not my opinion. That's coming from another female friend of mine. Um, you know, I don't. Want but to speak I, I don't that. think that's I don't think that's a unique feeling though. I think that is often. Yeah. Having sp- yeah. spoken to pe- other people as well, they have said that it, the costume doesn't always get the respect that it deserves because it is yeah. one of the reasons. I'm not saying it's the reason. It's that, that yeah, people often yeah. find that it's because it's a female-heavy, yeah. often female lead-led department. Yeah. Well, for example, you know, if you if you look at the kind of back to rate cards, you can look at the comparisons of what our HODs are paid compared to um, some lower paid positions in other departments. And the the rates of, uh, you know, are sometimes similar. So a trainee in another department or a junior maybe is paid more than than our bosses. You know, so how's that fair that someone who is running an entire department is being paid, you know, a fairly similar wage to someone that's not a HOD in another in another sector. Yeah. So, and it all depends on you know the scale of a film, the budget of a film, you know, and everyone's pay goes up and down. But I feel like there's a lot of moaning in costume about rates and not being paid, and then you discover that generally these people are the ones that are not members of Beck Two and are not prepared to do anything about it. You know, so it's kind of like you're losing a you're losing the battle you know um and we've got some great yeah yeah yeah, sorry that's it fighting a losing battle and um you know we've got some great people in back to and charlotte sewell is um does a really amazing job 
at leading the leading our uh, committee. But they're all uh, volunteers as well who have yeah yeah jobs yeah. as well. So I think that's the thing. I think I agree with you that the more of us that are part of it, this is the conversation about unionization now. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the more of us that are part of it, the stronger that you, the stronger. And I don't, I guess, just rates is one thing, but also just your rights and yeah absolutely and access yeah. to information yeah. is this the what, what, right way to do this and is this the yeah and your hours yeah. that you work all sorts um yeah and it, it comes from the top as well as you know it'd be really great to see and hear more supervisors talking about things so on my on my last big job Kate O'Farrell was really amazing at talking to everyone saying there is some stuff going on with the contracts we want to make sure that the contracts are right for everyone we're in talks with other productions about what they want to do um and what we want to do and, and there was you know even talks about okay if we don't get what we want we potentially will could go on strike as a as a collection of productions not necessarily costume wide but a couple of productions wide um so that was really amazing to hear a supervisor like coming to us going we want this you know what do you guys want you know she didn't come in and say this is what we're doing she said, what do you want as a team what do you want and i think more of that would be amazing as well just getting the people in the higher positions to talk because lots of lots of people talk about other things and it's you know like intellectual properties over designs and stuff like that so it's only a matter of time where they get you know designers can get those intellectual rights over things mm. and then it, it's going to work its way down mm, that's true yeah that's another big conversation at the moment, at the moment as well yeah ip yeah um it's also sorry just last thing it's also yeah. just being nice to each other and not you know, I think I think there is this. You know, it is a joke, but also like there is some truth in it in the in the stitching and bitching kind of comment. You know, and and it, there is there is that slight undertone there with with um, people, and you hear about things, and 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 not everyone is going to get on. It's not about peace and love, you know, or anything like that. <laughs> it's just about supporting each other in a way. You don't have to be best friends, but it's about supporting each other and going the only way that we are going to progress as a whole, which means for you to get a better rate and better working conditions is to support everyone yes that is very much true yeah yes. so join back <laughs> it's really <Should> easy I... <laughs> um I agree. I know, but on a serious note, I know obviously we're like yeah. laughing about some of it, but on a serious note, there is it, when I, the more I think when I was younger, the, I didn't really, and I think it's just maybe youth, but I didn't really think anything of it. And the yeah. you hear about it, you don't really know some of the older people sort of do. <laughs> and then yeah. the older you get and the more conversations you have, you realize that actually costume aren't always treated the same way as other departments. And if we want to see that yeah. change, that has to come from us as well within the costume yeah absolutely I, th I don't think it's necessary it's not one thing it's a combination mm. of things and to say I do agree that costume are maybe viewed differently to other departments um but that's not necessarily on every job no. you know it's so varied depending on who's running your department um what the team is what the budget is all of those things it is so varied but the one thing that we could find in common is just being unified or supporting each other regardless of the production that you're on and calling out bad behavior um and utilizing again I'll, I'll i like my last job i was encouraged to go and speak to hr for example about an issue that i'd had and hr is relatively new in tv and film mm. but it's there so start so maybe we could use it and start calling out like bad behavior or things that we don't find appropriate 
in in the work environment that's why it's there that's why it's been put there it's still in its baby form but you know if we use it and utilize it and then these and and the people that run the HR department realize that they're overwhelmed. Just like, well, we need to expand this HR department. <laughs> we need to actually make it a proper HR department. As well. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, I guess, a lot. I guess there's also, like you were saying, you know, you can have some sometimes sort of abrupt words with someone. There's a difference between that. Yes. Having and, a moment and, and then also just yeah. being bully. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And it seems like it kind of paints it in a horrible way. It's not. And it is it is still a fantastic yes. department within yeah. the film industry. And there yeah. are amazing people that work in it and talented people and kind people and nice people who do harbour a healthy work environment. You know, and I the, the, we've both had the privilege of working with those people. Sometimes yeah, shout out to Lorenzo, to be fair. Well, Lorenzo <laughs> is amazing. I love that man. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's anyone in, anyone in this industry that dislikes that man. He's wonderful. <laughs> he is great. He's a person I've been, his HOD I've, I worked for for the last fair few years. And yeah. Helen as well. So there's like a nice little team going on. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Helen's great. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, we were giving out shots. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> Shout sorry. out to everybody. <laughs> Shout out to everybody that I love. <laughs> that's not to say that if you've not been named, we don't like you. Yeah, that's true. Maybe <laughs> we should take out the names. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many people. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you say, though, there are loads of people that I've worked for in the past um, who've yeah. created really good, nice work environment. So, yes. Anyway, let's get back to your school, which is before I start talking about everybody that I've ever loved. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, where, where can we find out more information about um, the Manchester School of Costume? So you can visit the Manchester School of Costume website, mm-hmm. which is just Manchester School of Costume. And all the course content information is listed on the school page. You'll also find, you know, a little bit more about me, um, a more in-depth breakdown of my career so far. Um, if if you are interested to have a look at that. Um, and there will be more courses added. So at the moment, we've just got the two the two larger costume making courses and the short courses for the spring term. And I would, depending on how this first term goes, because this is brand new, but I'm getting a lot of traction, which is really exciting. Um, hopefully we can go into the autumn course as well. Uh, so, you know, the intention is that we can that we can grow um, into something a little bit bigger. And I'm in a really good space at the minute um, in terms of physical space, the studio that I'm in. But I, I already feel like I want to grow out of this space and get bigger. And it would be amazing to be able to create a school and alongside that a production company that creates outwork for for um for tv film theater so that we can potentially employ some of the people that come out of the school and go straight into working in working and creating for productions and i I want to help people as best i can get um, internships or first paid jobs as part of these courses uh so i i really have a good feeling that there's room for it to grow um and to grow into something much bigger than where it's starting Another thing that uh, the school is going to look to do is opening up to other practitioners and artists or anyone that wants to teach or run workshops. So my friend is an incredible needle felt artist and he will be running a course as well this year and doing needle felting, starting with a sheep. So you'd look at the anatomy of a sheep, um, look at the armature and then build up. You kind of build muscles just with felt and then slowly build 
um, this animal adding layer and layer and layer. So I want this to be, I want the school to obviously teach costumes, but be a creative hub as well for lots of different avenues of work. Ah, very nice. I like it. Needle yeah. sounds really cool as well. Yeah. So th that course is also listed on the website. Um, but it's it's important to note that 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 is run and hosted by someone else, not myself. Okay. But all the all the details for those courses are on the course on the website. I look forward to seeing the growth. That's I think it's really exciting. Um, and when did this first the spring courses start? So the uh, full time costume making course and the part time costume making course run alongside each other. Uh, so there's five places across both of those courses and that will start on the 11th of March um, here up in Manchester. So the part-time course will run two days a week um, and that's for flexible to kind of work out with the students what two days are best for them, preferably on the same day so that, you know, that the, both all the students can learn from each other as well as they're making. Mm. And then the full-time course is Monday to Thursday teaching and then Friday, the full-time course, the students have access to the studio on the Friday, but it's not a taught day, it's self-led. Yeah, and then the part-time courses are interspersed through that 12-week term. Ah, very exciting. And how are you feeling about it all? I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. Um, it's It's been, like I said before, it's been a lot of work setting up, just like gathering equipment, gathering materials, um, sorting samples out. It's a lot of work, mm. but I'm really enjoying it. It's 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 a lot of fun. And the people that I've met so far and the people that are interested in taking the courses seem really interesting um, and really want to further themselves. So I think it's going to be it's going to be intense, uh, but fun. And I think I will learn a lot. Uh, the students will obviously learn a lot. So it's I, I kind of can't wait for it to get going, really, hey. and and see what happens one thing that I should say as well that I that I missed out in terms of growth so I eventually also want to put an online course out there so depending on the number of students that I get for this first term will mean I might have some time to actually make online content and I want to put that out there as an even more affordable way of people to access access information so you know you could pay a pay a little price and you can learn how to make a shirt for example and then you if you want you can do the further module learn how to make each element of a three-piece suit for example mm. um so that they can absolutely cherry pick i don't want to learn this whole package i just need to learn little specific modules um, and really tailor it to whatever they want because there's a massive market out there Mm, yes there is I think you've tapped into something really exciting and kind of, like yeah. I say a bit of a gap in the market so it should be really interesting to see yeah in a few years time no less than I'm sure less than a few years time but to see where you are would be nice to kind of like yeah kind of I feel like... it is definitely at least two years in the kind of making to kind of I feel like get to a point of where we're kind of moving at a nice pace because um, I know for sure that the first year is not going to you know first year in any business you're, you're lucky to break even to get everything going so this is a massive experiment and I think this is what I've kind of wanted to do is to just step away from what I'm used to working as in you know work coming into the film studios and working a certain certain set of hours which I love uh, but to kind of mix it up a little bit and try something new for myself and see where it goes while still working professionally alongside it um, between you know between the terms very so, exciting you're gonna be doing a lot I of a juggling I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I kind of had this moment where 
when I when I moved out of London and back to Manchester in September that I was like I could maybe relax a little bit but actually I feel like I'm probably doing more work than I was before <laughs> which is absolutely fine because um you know it needs to be done yeah and like you say once you've kind of set the groundwork there will be a different type of um, work that you're doing after to sort of maintain it and learn new skills and stuff so it's yeah absolutely very exciting um all the details the links that you mentioned i'll put in the show notes so everyone can click on them in the show notes but before we go do you have a three to watch recommendations so maybe it's maybe it's not like these are just my three favorite films yeah that's fine and I, I think I probably watch each of them once a year. Some uh, and some of them I've watched since I was really young. Um, and that is Hook, um, you know, which yeah. I think is just a really great, fun film. And in terms of visually, it's so sumptuous. The costume and the set design is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, and watching Dustin Hoffman play a pirate is is just genius. Um, Dustin Hoffman, if anything, is genius. My second film would be um, Matilda. <gasps> love that film yeah um pam, pam ferris is mrs trunchbull is oh, so good yeah so so good and i've just realized i've referenced two evil characters and not the hero <laughs> what does that say about you jonathan <laughs> <laughs> i am not not a wicked tyrant you will have a great time on the courses <laughs> please reach out <laughs> um and little miss sunshine oh i haven't seen that film but i've heard loads about it you know, it's a really good film, actually. Um, and Steve, Car- I think it was one of Steve Carell's um, first kind of serious roles. And he does a really amazing job in it. And oh, I can't remember the name of the actress alongside him. But they then went and did a further film together with this, that was a kind of similar vibe. And it's it's a really wholesome, funny, slightly dark um, film. Um, and it's it's... It's really odd, but I, I, you just watch it and I go, this is so wholesome um, and sweet. Um, and it deals with a lot of issues, actually, as well. It manages to pack in a lot of information. Okay. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Office fan, so I love Steve Carell, but I'm quite curious. I've not watched him in any of his posts, yeah. like The Morning Show and all the other stuff, so yeah. I haven't seen him in anything other than but do you know how? Scott mode. <laughs> yeah, but do you know how, how The Office sometimes has those really tender moments of truth mm. uh, amongst the chaos yeah that's the kind of feelings that that little miss sunshine has but throughout the whole thing it's really soft and then all of a sudden there's this really dark bit of comedy or surreal bit of comedy that deal with really strange um subject matter um mm. you kind of watch it and go oh i didn't realize this was about this but okay but um thank you for your recommendations and jonathan thank you for coming on to speak about the school do you have any parting words to to prospective students to prospective students if you want to learn and further your knowledge and you might not necessarily have the time to go and dedicate yourself to university in a really fun relaxed um fully practical environment um then i would get in touch or check out the website you can see all of my work as well on there so um you can see my credentials and it's about tailoring it to you you know and let's get the best for you as a student and a learner and i'm absolutely happy to cram in as much information as humanly possible into the time that you want to dedicate to this great thank you and thank you for taking the time to speak to me today thank you very much i've really enjoyed our conversation likewise thank you 
Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jonathan. And if you get a moment, could you please like, follow or subscribe on your podcast platform and follow the Crew Chats podcast on Instagram. Thank you.